say that I I'm challenged. And I said, no, I was like, what are you going to be challenging? And then he kept on giving. We have good moments when I sit down and fast and pray. We encourage one another. But I don't have, honestly, a spiritual life correcting or telling this is the way. Ask it. I mean, we just sit down. So I did know I was just prodding and sharing and then I did know something was happening. So when he said, I was like, oh, pastor, no, I'm there as well. Anyway, but he's uh, a good man. I feel special to preach the, uh, the gospel. While I was with him there, I'm just coming into my message. We did uh, talk about, I asked him, are you aware last year you shared about who I am in Christ? Kind of say, Shared the same thing, who I am in Christ. And I asked him, Do you know that you had sins about the Holy Spirit last year? And then you're having the sins about the Holy Spirit. Now, just to remind you, church, when God repeats things, he means emphasis, he means take serious about these things, uh, be diligent, see to them, take that position. I just want to kind of put an emphasis there a little bit. Americans are bold and free. If you have trouble wherever you go, if you go to Caribbean and meet them there, do not. If you come to Africa, do not. Go to Europe, do not. I'll give you an instance. When there was a, a terrorist with a knife in the train, there are two Americans there. What happens? They didn't sit down and cow. Americans, they go to church. Now, why is God repeating to us that we are very dynamic, we are very unique people? Because of salvation, because of His right resurrection. We, as Americans, we are free and brave and bold. But being Christians, we are cowards, cowards, So what the church and the Spirit of God is saying, and now is saying through the prophetic word, I am not there. That's why God is mysterious. In Isaiah 66, he says, My throne, when I sit down, I sit in heaven. But my legs, they are stepping on earth. But on the other end, says like this in John, if you love the Lord, my Father will come and I will come and we will make our home. The great God is the infinite who sits in heaven and is standing here, his feet is dangling and stepping on earth. He lives in your tiny a mystery, habitation of God. He lives in you. That's why, not peculiarity because of how tall you are, 
how white you are, how vanilla you are, how chocolate you are, how probably caramel you are, or your accent or your background, by the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose on the third day and is seated in the heavenly places on the right hand of the Father, makes you to qualify to born, to be brave, to be free, and to walk in confidence. And that can be done after the salvation can be done only walking in the Spirit. That's why the emphasis is, it's not by mighty nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. And Pastor explained about conviction and explained about uh, exposure, you know, to ex- expose, and then about the gift of giving and how God is moving. And then he talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He laid foundation for me. He gave me actually the whole thing. He told me you can preach on the fruit of the Holy Spirit or teach about the gift of the Holy Spirit, or teach about the baptism, or any other topic. You want to preach as the whole Lord leads you. But the Lord gave direction that you to teach the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I'm teaching the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. Why? They are the tools. You know, I'm amazed at the army of the United States, the British army. Stands tall, stands fell. It's a force that when you hear them, you are proud. The equipment they have. You see, the movies before, you saw the steel people, I mean, the movie, the steel planes and stuff like that. They almost look like the, the helicopter that was used for some of the Latin. We had seen it in the movies, but we didn't know when it existed. The kind of cameras that can pass through the building and know there's somebody walking somewhere and in down the basement and down somewhere. Powerful. Now, that's the army of the United States that is here. Now, the little guy, allow me to use that, and the little girl who's seated here. You look so hopeless, you look so weak. But I want to announce today this man chocolate from Africa. You are greater and mighty than the armies of the United States because of the power of God in your life. And therefore, we need to have the cameras of the Holy Spirit, the word of knowledge, to be able to focus and know many years to come, three months to come, the past people to be amazed and say, this is God. Amen. The gift of the Holy Spirit, they are tools when they are uh, unveiled, when they are open, people believe. People believe. That's why I talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. I have two aims today. The first aim is to stir you. The church in the 80s was very impacting and very powerful. The church today is so huge, so large, but it's not making any impact. 
The reason being, some of us who speak in tongues thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have gone away from when we got baptized with the Holy Spirit, we began to prophesy, to see visions. We no longer see the vision. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible Paul exhorts Timothy by telling him, Do not neglect the gift in your life which was given by God through prophecy and the laying on of hands. And he continues to exhort Timothy again, repeating in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the verse 6. says, Therefore, I remind you to stir the gift of God in you by the laying of my hands. So if you are here and 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you are baptized by the Holy Ghost and you began to see visions, you began to have word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of discernment, to perform miracles and move in faith, but these days you do not. I am stirring you that God does not have any other method but you. He is trusting you. He entrusted you. You are very responsible, sister, responsible man. You are very responsible and trusted with the riches of God. Start with me in him. That's what I'm doing. And the other thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, my text will be on Second First Corinthians chapter twelve, the verse one to eleven. But I'm concentrating on eight. From verse 3 to verse 11, nine times that little portion of the scripture says, The Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, nine times. Meaning what? The habitation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. The gifts dwell only when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want to go into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if you need to flow and to walk in the gifting of the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now, I know theologically you may want to say, oh, you don't know when you got saved, you are still saved. There's a difference between when God the Father, God the Son, and the Spirit of God dwelling in you in salvation. And there's a difference when you are baptized by the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. There's a difference. I will get into that. But I urge you to seek the baptism so that you can walk in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, by the way, I want to say something here very quickly. I know you people, you have been amazed that uh, I have scripture memorized and I am not here in a postulate kind of show I know. Okay, I got saved 1980. Immediately I began to preach. I remember 1985. 85. I went to the northern part of our country. It's called Mandela, next to Somalia. I remember having doubts. If 
question was in my mind was, why do you preach? I mean, God has called me, I mean, but do you preach because people preach, or why do you preach? And I struggled. And then I, in the process, I say, The doubts continue wrestling in my mind. I'm young, I just left high school, and the Lord has called me. It's amazing. Everybody's wondering how can this young man just leave his career and go ahead with the preaching in Tamaiki or with the preaching and stuff like that. God spoke to me. I asked God, Can you show me that your word is me? And if I'm going to follow after your word, can you show me in the course today that we are done with the Bible? When I went there, there was a lady who had issued blood for 12 years, exactly 12 years. God healed her immediately. I said, That's what I was going to do. That's what he asked me. For the first time, when you stand in faith, say, slowly to memorize and to be aware that, hey, what the Bible says, I was completely swept under when I went to Billy Graham's evangelistic meeting in 1986. When I was there in Amsterdam and reading the books, Billy Graham says like this, he was doubting the word of God as he was preaching. He was in California. It was actually in the document. He was doubting the word. He had met theologians and very uh, uh, kind of high people up there who are learned doctors and something like that. And he began to doubt. He went to a Mongolian retreat and he opened the Bible and he just prayed, Lord, I'm struggling with I believe your word. And God has spoken. And if you follow the God spoke to me independently. I didn't know about having little gloves and stuff like that, but this time I'm invited to see. And that just quelled in me. A man of not my standard and preaching and anointing and preaching everywhere. Here he is, he had the same doubt. God speaks to him the same thing. Here I am, a little guy from Africa. I said, just speak the word. And from there, I just love the word. And I began to, to read it more and more. Right now, you're reading the Bible for a year. I finished in March the Bible. I asked the pastor, if you finish early, can you take me for a dinner? And he said, yeah, so I'm ready for one. Shady Bebo is just next year. So I'm ready for one. So I have just had that. And I don't have for photographic money. I don't have. But somehow, because of much practicing, I've gotten a photographic mind when I read the Bible, it just sticks. 
somehow I don't have naturally, but in the spirit I get it. So I, when I am reading my notes and I'm writing and preparing and stuff like that, I, they kind of stick in me. But I want they just stick in me. I am not the best. I mean, uh, the, the best cookie or the special unique cookie among the cookies. No, really. So, so I, I'm not being arrogant to you, trying to show I know scriptures. It's been a struggle from 1980 up to today. I remember. Thank you. 
So you get my last words. Even leadership. It's different between the leader pastor and just lead of a home group and stuff like that. There's a difference. You can lead and you can lead in the church many things. The ushering group, they have a leader. That's leadership. The worship team, they have a leader. That's leadership. So, do not say that they are not pulled together because there's prophecy and there's prophecy in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Say, no, we need to cut one. No, there is a difference. That's why they are there. That's why they need the prayer. Okay, so now let's go to the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And before I begin, I want to lay a foundation. And by the way, I also want to say, I teach to what I teach to see. I don't teach to finish. If you get three of them, that's okay. You needed to get three today. I'm not trying to rush the time, and I'm not asking for extra time. I just want to impart what I have into your heart. And and, 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 and the media people, I give them hard time. Because sometimes, I know the notes I've given them, but I don't follow them in the sense of, like, step one, step two, step three, you know? So forgive me. Uh, media people, I know you're good guys with the lighting and everything, with the worship and stuff like that. So I keep you out of but just bear with me. Okay? Not the gift of faith is the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the gifts of God, they are operated by faith. The catalyst. If God gives you a prophecy, it takes faith for you to say the prophecy. If God Moves with the word of knowledge for healing. It takes faith for you to go and pray for the person for healing. If you get discernment and you say, I'm feeling this funny here. Let me warn you, you are now having vacation and you are traveling to Caribbean, to Africa, to Europe, and stuff like that. Be careful what you buy down there. Even here in the United States, be careful you travel to travel to Louisiana, to travel to other places. Be careful what you buy. You buy an idol attached. You worship and you come to hang it, and you start becoming pharaohs. You start becoming up nightmares. Somebody comes to the house, I, I sense there's a spirit here. What is that on your wall? And it tells you the word of knowledge. That is not right. It is used by these people to do these things here. Men and brethren, don't play around with these things. Don't play around like you are trying to understand witchcraft. You can feel the magic and stuff like that. Don't try. You are just opening the door. Welcome, Satan. Come, Satan. Can I get your food? I, I know you are saying it's just a joke. It's just, I'm making fun. Even if I'm making fun, it's just like making fun. When it comes to truth, it destroys faith. The other thing is, I want you to know verse. 7, 8, 11. He says, each one of us has a gift. I'm just summarizing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, 7, 8, and 11. Each one of us has a gift. Tell your friend, I have a gift. Thank you. By the way, I was a really excited and excited the past week was a light. They woke up in the right side of the bed. They took their coat. They had made their devotion. I, I'm, I'm serious. 
I preach to them, they, they just go into preach, preach again, preach, preach. And, and I always know you are the end. I know you are the end. The worship was powerful. Hallelujah. And the prophecy of the praise, the worship team was there. Each one of you here, there is faith in you, there is healing in you, there is miracle in you, there is word of knowledge in you, there is word of wisdom in you, there is miracles in you. Each one of you has a gift. Let me say, as I teach each like separate, sometimes they overlap, and sometimes they teach to one another. So you can prophesy and be of discernment, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. So get that. Get to understand that. But give up a gift. Why is this one applying to me? Why is this one happening to me too? So understand, you can overlap. You can have two, three, four. You can have all of them. Because God, you can have all of them. So now, going back to the gift now that I've given you that, we begin with the nine gifts and I've classified them traditional way. The first one is the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. That is something hidden you don't know you are revealed. Three of them. There is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment. Or discerning of spirit. I'm using to make it simple just say this. I mean just wisdom, knowledge, discernment. But the Bible says, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, the sermon of spirit. Okay, those are revelation uh, gifts, or they reveal something you don't know when it comes to the uh, church. Wisdom and knowledge, they work in church independent, or they, they work together. Knowledge is informative. Wisdom is knowing out the information. So, wisdom is directing. Knowledge is informative. So, they kind of work together. One can work without the other. So, knowledge will need wisdom to be directed. And wisdom will need the knowledge to give direction. Work together. So, what of wisdom? I won't repeat this phrase. All of them is the same. It's a tiny portion of God's total, uh, total, total wisdom supernaturally imparted by the Holy Spirit operated under God's control. Whether it's faith, whether it's healing, whether it's discernment, I want you to understand that. It is the tiny portion of God's power, God's faith, God's wisdom that is imparted into your life. It is not natural. It is not something to be arrogant about. It is not something to fight or to compete about. It is imparted by the supernatural, by the Holy Spirit, operated under God's control, not when you want, but God's control. So all of them, you can say the same thing. This is what I want to say. I just talked about that. The 
Don't be forced to admit that's not true. The things that we want every day are like the baptism, the book, the gold book. How can I go to this generation? Know all those people, there are all those kind of things, but he chooses good. Because God was blessed that kind of a calling in our life. And then she goes back to the father and says she wants to make her life and be there, and she's been changed. That is God. Now, some of you, you don't know how to say. For Tammy to come here and say she was Diagonize as 5.5. We are not talking about this. We're just talking about the picture. I'm sorry to use that term. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to demean people with children like that. But that's the last part. Doesn't talk, doesn't work to very weird and very, it's very hard. To see her creatively have a poem and stand, this is God and nothing else. And God is working in this church. We have you, Cuba, here. He saved the healing of God in his life. God is doing some little things to show us the window. He wants to explode in this place. He wants to. Did you hear the worship? Did you hear the worship? The, the, you have to understand God has chosen you, not because you are better, not because you are unique in any way, but He wants to dwell here and do marvelous and great things in your life and be a blessing to the community to the state and to the nation and to the ends of the world. That's why he's repeating these things. Don't take it lightly. He's opening the door and saying, I am here. Translating the prophecy in, in, in Exodus chapter 3, I think verse 7 and 8. He says, I know. He says, I see. He says, I've heard. That's what he says. Look here. I have I have come. I have come. That's the prophecy. He's here. He dwells in your life. So understand, I am starting you. There's something that is happening in our midst. We are not comparing us with any other church. It's just God has chosen us. He did not choose this one. Go and read Ezekiel chapter 16. He said, I found you in your blood. You were ugly. You didn't know what to do, but I chose you. So when you arrive in that country, don't say, because you are special. No, you are very rebellious people. But I chose you. We are not unique. He just chose us. And he wants to manifest his glory in this place. That's why he wants to do something. He's opening to us and telling us, So now, going back to the gifts, so I'm, I'm preaching like this in the sense of the starring of God quickening in my life. And I've been sharing a little bit with the pastor. So quickening in my life and sharing openly with you that we need to prepare for what God is about to do. Amen. So the gift of the Holy Spirit in Revelation, 
if I get the word of wisdom, uh, excuse me, the word of wisdom, if you go to Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7, the Bible gives a problem. The Bible gives a problem. God is moving, and then all of a sudden there is a problem with the nation. So they come together and they discuss. They discuss to a point seven equals. So there's unity and then progress. That is word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. Let's move on to word of knowledge. Okay? I told the church in the morning, the revelations kids are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment. I know it's in your screen. Can we say together? Revelation gifts. Word of knowledge. Well, excuse me. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. Discerning of spirit. You are doing it. I'll get the media people to post it at the end of the scene. You understand? Oh, thank God that. Because they need to hear. People speak in two languages. They are called what? Bilingual. And three languages? of knowledge is to know something and then bring it to the truth. In John chapter 14 and chapter 4, the verse 16 to 19, Jesus is at the well and he's speaking to the Samaritan woman. He says, can you please go and bring your husband? He says, I don't have a The word of knowledge brings conviction. This is a prophet. So right away she goes to the village and tells everybody about Jesus Christ. That's what you are doing. The word of knowledge. Just simply talking to one single lady. A whole village. What happens? The gifts are the tools to oppose the weapon. Powerful force. Discerning of spirit is simply to recognize, I don't know whether to say to recognize or to recognize or to distinguish between. Between or to know, that is discerning of spirit. Okay, this comes in uh, like revelation. It's more, not knowledge, but perception. You just perceive right away. Knowledge is more informed, but this is to perceive, to sense something. I'm going to say here the Jews, but they are general, but probably in Europe, in Africa, in the Caribbean, and around here, after Canada. We have been on the same page. Discernment, for example, God speaks to you in your language. So, you may see a bear. And when you see a bear, oh, you may say, you are so loving, you are so cuddling, and you, you, that's how you sense the person. I'm just using that. But sometimes you can have this too much charm 
When you have not had a conflict and confrontation with somebody who has a word with somebody and you greet and you think, we are not. There's something wrong. It is true there is something wrong. Now, please, I don't want to say that and give you the idea what's wrong with you. That's why we keep quiet, but many times we know what is wrong. Is something that was not right. So discernment, we can discern. In John chapter 2, verse 32 to 32, we have John discerned the, the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus as a dove. There is no other place we see the Holy Spirit as a dove. Only in the Old Testament, the dove was sent to carry the truth. But now he discerns and sees. When you see that bird coming upon him, that's the Holy Ghost. Discern. Okay? I muttered in the morning. In, John, in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, Paul is preaching the gospel, going to preach, Silas keep on preaching. And that a girl with a spirit of divination comes and says, Oh, this man, a servant of the Most High, proclaiming to us, the way of salvation. So she kept for many days at one part. Paul got annoyed. Paul got annoyed and he rebuked the spirit and disappeared. What am I saying? You can discern when people are pretending to be Christians or spiritual, but it's not spirit, it's of the devil. For example, the non-Christians and the people who mock us because we speak in tongues, they say, who's, who say, should have bought a Honda? Did you get it? I should have bought a Honda. Should have bought a Honda. They speak in tongues like that, should have bought a Honda. And there are some people when you're trying to pray for them to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, they fake, and they begin to say, Kawasaki, Yamada, da 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 you know? Just open your eyes and say, Sister, brother, you are not spiritual. You are just maintaining the Japanese ways. People fake. You need to discern. You need to have that spirit. There are people who don't want to be embarrassed. So you pray for him, and like, they fake. They are Christian. They are going to heaven. They are serious. But because they are embarrassed, they have been seeking for long. They just turn. Faith, 
Let's go together. The power gifts. Faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles. Okay? So that now that faith we are talking there is first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9. That faith we are talking there is miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit. It is not this faith. Okay, we have three kinds of faith. And I just believe that the scriptures, they are weak faith, they are strong faith, but they are six things in the Bible. Okay, the first one is Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith gathered by hearing and hearing the word of God. That is not that faith. There's another one. Faith in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Each one of us is given a measure of faith. Okay? Then what Pastor was preaching last Sunday, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the first faith, as you hear the word, it increases. The pastor, the one who was talking about, it's a fruit, it grows. But this one is given to you supernaturally. I mean, like, it just happens. It operates in a situation when it's not planned, not when we have church. It operates in a situation. Just a situation just like that, it just operates. For example, we have Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 2. Look what the verse is going to be. Peter wakes up and it's 9 o'clock. He's going to pray together with his brothers. They're going to pray. While they're praying, a beggar comes to ask them for alms. I was in Europe in 1986 and I told you a I thought the beggars are very edgy in Hindustan. Because I was wondering why this guy is acting like this. So the guy would stand like a statue holding a little cane that has coins, it makes noise. And he stand like he would be looking like this. And just frozen for some time, for some minutes, for long. He stand like this. And then I, I don't know, when my eyes are scanning people or stuff like that, when he comes up, he does. And then he does like this. And then he puts it back. Completely fixed. And people will go and stuff like that. Now, this beggar, whether he's doing like that, I don't know. But as they're walking, the beggar asks for help. And Peter sees just silver. Silver and gold are by now. But the omnipotence God, the omniscient God, the all-sufficient God, the self-existent God, the faithful God, the merciful God, the infinite God, the immutable God lives in me. That's all what I have. Tinkling and change, I don't have. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. That's faith. There was no song. There was no prayer. There was no something to say. But faith works right away. That's faith. The same faith occurs in Acts chapter 13, the verse there is 16 to 19. We have Paul in the first missionary journey. He travels all the way to Cyprus and preaches everywhere. Then he comes to Paphos. Paphos, he meets up the proconsul. His name is Sagius Paulus. And while he's teaching him, his friend Elimas, 
is a witch or a wardrobe or whatever you call a male witchcraft person. He tells them to discourage them from preaching the gospel with the pro council. Paul looks at that man and says, You wicked man full of fraud, son of the devil, who is against all righteousness, you will not see the sun. Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. The Bible says you have a prophecy and you have faith, but you have faith to move mountains. Faith moves mountains. Faith moves mountains. The next one is obedience. Now, there's a difference between a miracle and healing. Healing is simply you are sick, you are diseased. The only way you can see you are sick is you are wilted or you are weak. But there is no place you can see you are kind of a sickness. Okay? You feel the body. Healing can be emotional. It can be the body. It can be deliverance or oppression. So healing, in many ways, is sicknesses. For example, our brother Yubadi was sick. But you could not see. But they, they agonized the king after him in his upper brain or whatever. You couldn't see. He's walking, he's sick, but you couldn't see. And God healed him. He testified that God healed him. You couldn't see. But a miracle is open, it's something seen. For example, raise the dead. This person was dead to you, he was almost stinking. But he rose again. This person did not have a leg. I have known him for 20 years. He has new leg. I'm not about prosthetic legs or the ones that are too expensive. I'm talking about the flesh. Flesh, blood, bone. Get it back. That's a miracle. So distinguish between the healings. The healings of God. And I just need to speak about the healing that is found in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. If you diligently obey the word and do what is right in his sight and keep here the truth and keep all his statutes I will not oppose you to you which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord of God, the presence of God was there to heal them. They literally begged to touch the edge of his garment and they be healed. Acts chapter 5 They came with couches and beds and laid people in the street. 
so that in case the shadow of Peter touches them, they'll be healed. And the many from surrounding area in Jerusalem came and they were healed. Chapter 19, God did miraculous things in the hands of Paul that is uncredited and unknowns. They are taken to the sea and then Jesus left them and the demons were cast out. Healing. Somebody seated here. This working of miracles. The working of miracles is that I have read the Bible many other times. And I was wondering, does God do like creative miracles? I know I agree, but there are those moments you just want to ask a question. God did answer you. I remember very well, June 23rd, 2008, I was driving to go to work early in the morning. Says those who are blind, named, lame. And he repeats again there the lame were made whole. I say, Talk about the other. That's a miracle. Somebody that you have hand, you see. Doesn't have a socket of eyes, you see. That's a miracle. The working of miracles. Next one, the four four gifts. Let's go together with you. The four four gifts, prophecy, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Four four in the sense we speak. Of course, we will speak, faith will speak, but you speak prophecy. Now, prophecy, what we are talking about here, like, that we are prophecy. prophecy. That's prophecy. Now, go to First Corinthians chapter 14, the verse 18. This is what he says about prophecy. Now, prophecy is predicting the past. You can talk about the past, the present, the future. What is situation right now? But the three primary things is First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 8. This is what the Bible says. But those who prophesy keep edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Edification, that is to build the church, to encourage exhortation. Like this, I'm exhorting you to realize who you are in God and what pastor has been teaching. That's exhortation to live, comfort. Sometimes to cheer, or sometimes to relieve from pain and distress. So that's a work of prophetic word. It was a relief to know God, even in our dark hours, in our questioning, in uh, what we are looking for, and all those kind of things. He says, "I'm just next to you. I love you. 
That's comforting. That's encouraging. That's comforting to know that God has come to our knees and welcomed him. That's prophecy. Different kinds of tongues. Okay? As I get into the tongues, I want you to understand, I mean, I want you to get this. There are three types of tongues. There are found, first one, is found in first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, where it talks, the tongue has for self-identification. As well, when pastor was telling us, if the spirit came and he gave us permission, you can speak in tongues. I don't. I, I don't really. But honestly, I go to the to the ball with Christian. I'm not interested in the ball. I'm interested in the Christian. I sit there and I see the way they are cheering. They even stand up with their popcorn in the hand and they are shaking it. Go, 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 go. They're just crazy. Or they actually take their t-shirt and then wave it. Don't tell me the fans, all of them, they go to which ball. They are all non-Christian, secular pagans. Most of them are Christian, they go to church. And they are pastors, they see a Gentiles speaking tongues. Challenged me this to see. 2012, the Olympic Games were in London. The man who invites people to Birmingham Palace, I believe so, was retiring. The man who was coming in, he was supposed to memorize 37 pages so that when you come, you can tell you the history of the monarchs. It's not powerful, it doesn't change your life. Memorize. I'm looking at these 37 pages to memorize, to get a job. It's not powerful. You may be told the story and not see the queen anyway. Yeah, not just the story. It just challenged me and said, Lord, I know I'm going to memorize the short, short chapters. I want to memorize long chapters. It happened. This is our challenge. How can you be so excited? My son. Is here. He was playing. Ask him, I was what? Sometimes you come and say, Daddy, sing a song. This my son, who had worked here anyway, if I can tell you. You know, I love soccer. Uh, football. Football is teaching us. I love soccer. So when he's playing soccer, I say, Yes, yes, son. And I, I'm running to the, you know. So, guys, when I'm seated behind you and you hear me after for him, they say, Hey, God is like Get excited. I get excited the ball. The ball is useless. It's a dead cow, dead pig, or whatever it is. It's dead. God is alive. And I'm with the Christians. And this is the place to be free and true. I'm loved. I'm prayed for. I'm accepted. I feel good. It's time just to be let go and praise the Lord. Those are things that challenge me if you want to know my growth. Those are things that challenge me. I wouldn't come to pray here if I can't pray home. That's me. It's not you. 
I would come for night with G if I cannot have a night with G back home. Alone, pray. I worship the way you are worshiping here. I woke up this morning at 10. Somewhere down the road, my son woke up. So he saw the light. He came down and checked whether somebody left the light. Things of natural things they challenge you to If these people are excited about these things and they are useless, oh man, I'm excited for Jesus Christ. This is the real life. And I believe. These people, I know what's the meaning of money and I know what it can make. If they wake up, excuse me, for just me. I work ten hours for five weeks. And sometimes on Sunday. Ten hours. Yesterday I said, I'm working for the kingdom of God. I don't have family. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want anything to disturb me. I'm working for the kingdom. I'm just doing what I'm doing my job. That's what challenges me. Why should I be seated somewhere watching with a very wonderful camera? All the, the gaskets you have in your car and is inspecting them, and I'm sitting them suffering in the machine just doing that for 10 hours. Why can't I pray and read the word for 10 hours? I didn't get to do that. But God comes this way. I wake up at 3 every morning so that I can pray and go to work. So why can't I wake up at don't think somebody tells me this is just like it challenged me by itself. I'll leave the money here, but I will never leave what I receive from God. I will never leave what I receive from God. I go with it, I will sink there. So those are things that challenge me. And I'm just telling you to be challenged for you to receive uh, your promise. You need to get excited. I thought that, hey, let's go for it. We need to displace freedom, place of the spirit, and we are in the truth. Uh, different kinds of tongues. Different kinds of tongues. That's where I am. And I say there are different kinds of tongues in your tongue. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, uh, verse 4. The edification tongue. That's what you identify yourself. When you speak, you identify yourself. That's what God gives us. Sometimes we don't know how to speak. Hey, look here. Instead of throwing your tools and your and kicking your mom when it gets stuck, just speak in tongues. Yeah, just speak in tongues. I'm telling you a true story right now. I had a car. I didn't have money at that time. And I'm struggling running a new church back home, growing, we are doing well. I know I'm not a mechanic, but I understand about cars. I can change alternator, water pump, and all those things. Probably the old cars, I don't know whether the new cars. Stuff, all those things that they change. The something I know, they just remove, put it down there, cock it, and it's ready to go. I change the oil. So I understand about the burning, the pistons, and all those kind of things that God has My car, if I put on a gear and I keep on driving, I need to use I take it to the mechanic and say, Oh, this is just like useless. Pastor, you are giving a reason. 
as you travel at night or any place, it's easy to mix that up. And it's smoke. That is the way that is. And then you don't talk, then you smoke, you don't care. I don't have money. I'm a servant of God. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm not making money. Car, you have to go. For six months, I went with that car. I told the church, the day you touch my car or anybody touches my car, you stop there. Six months, I drove it. Changing all the gears from one, two, three to five. Going at the highest speed back home, 110. Wherever I went at night, see people, whatever, I went. A friend of mine came and said, What is my guy? I said, This guy is getting Did you see every day? Yeah. He took the car and drove it away. He was parked. Why? Stupid guys. I'm frustrated. I don't have money. I'm planning church. I'm preaching. People are getting saved. But I don't have money at this point. God, you do miracles. Can you do for me? Lay hands on it. Speak on it. Get working. I've never slept anywhere on the road without the car. Eight years. But this six months of doing that is what speaking tongues together. Because you don't know what to do. Yeah. You don't even know how to pray. You don't know whether even it works. But immediately, it's like a straight line. There's no extension. You know, you call, and then you hear, if you don't extension, dial it. No. When you dial it, it goes direct. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call upon me, and I will answer, and show you great things. You have to have not known. Call upon me. Matthew 7, 7. Ask. Shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Speak in tongues. Ask you know, people frustrated at work. Just walk around like you are knowing. You have hotel, I say, hotel to the hotel. And then they say, and, and people just come down this. I've never seen it that. And then people come at you. You just go directly and you're in connection. The one who seated in heaven and stands on earth. The tongue. The other tongue is verse 5 of Corinthians 14 5. Whereby you speak to somebody, I mean, you speak in the church in tongues. And then it is translated. Okay? Now, that translation is not word for word. It is rendering the meaning. When you speak in tongues in church, and they are translated. Okay? It is the meaning. For example, in Daniel chapter 5, we have many, many tekel oppressive. These are four words. But it appraised only three. Okay, let's go to them. Many, just any, any. He says, Your kingdom has been numbered and finished. That's many. Take care. You have been weighed in balances and found one. The rest. Your kingdom has been divided and taken by the meat and the person. Simple. But he said only four words. So by faith, when you hear a tongue of prophecy, you know because you are connecting in the spirit 
and you speak. I mean, you, you say what he says. You can understand. Some of you are assuming God will come up here and say, no, it's when you are just starting walking in the spirit, you, are, you get it right away. You know this is what God is saying. You get it in the spirit. The other one is the one I'm talking about, the different kinds of tongues. You speak unknown language, not unknown, unknown to you, to the speaker, to the believer, but the listener knows. For example, you come to Kenya, is worshiping God and he begins to say, Mungu wewe ni mkuu tunakusifu tunakuinua. He's speaking for him. I'm there. So, Bill, after we finish worship, I ask, you know for him? He said, you know what he said? He said, God is great and his power is not equal to him. That's different kinds of tongues. Diversity of tongues. Worshiping tongues, and they happen to be speaking Spanish and saying, Glory a Dios, glory. Yeah, glory a Dios, a Dios te bendiga, or you may be saying, Glorifica, Magnifica, or whatever. You don't know. Is that what you mean? I know you're from the United States. Do you know Spanish? I know. This is what you're saying. You're just glorifying God, you're just worshiping God. Wherever you go, different kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. I just finished it. Kind of the way they are. Now, yes, they who are a power house. God has invested in your life divine tools to use whatever you do. I'm asking you this morning at this time. 20 years ago, 5 years ago, I used to prophesy, I used to see people. And by the way, I want to speak also to the young people here who are young and they have to do with ministry. Some of the people might have been seeing pictures and clearly stuff. Saying, if the Holy Spirit is here, I don't want it. I just keep on. You just keep on. And that's why you don't prophesy. That's why you don't say. Because you go places and like a kind of Feel your stomach. There's something wrong. And even without knowing, you say, and they happen. This is weird. Me, like, Lord, I mean, I've never been with a magic person. I've never been with a witch. Where is this coming from? And you get, can you have a spook because you're not explaining? When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, many things go in your life. Even when you are a person of not like outgoing, somebody tells you, see. And you don't pray for people to be sick, to be healed. But you say, can I please pray for you? I just pray for you. And you pray and right there, stop. He gets in. And he's like, wow, I'm just a pastor. I do not know. What do you think happening? You see something at night, at work, it's here. So because you just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and things are going like forward fast, you kind of, no, no, no. I'm not going to need to work. I'm not going to pray. This is the end of things. Forget about it. So, you kind of, 
Some of us have done so. Because we are kind of confused. If you are going to those places, talk to Pastor John, talk to Pastor Rodney, talk to Pastor, and understand. And you who are older, you are paralyzed with the gifts. Don't tell the new believers, I mean the new people who are now baptized, oh, I used to be like that. What? You are supposed to be 20 times like that now. Don't discourage them. Hey, those who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't listen to the older Christian and they are not they are not seeing vision, they are not using prophecy, they are not being used in healing, they are not using word of faith. Don't listen to them. Keep on reading the word, keep on praying, keep on seeing, keep on doing these things. I strive you keep on doing that. I want us to pray. I'm not making a lot of money. I want us to pray. Let's pray. Honestly, now. Be sincere with your heart. Where am I in the word of wisdom? The word of knowledge? In the sun? Where am I in the faith? In the miracles? Where am I in prophecy? In the revelation of knowledge? In the knowledge of God? Lord, in verse 7, verse 8, verse 11, each one of us has a gift. I'm one of them standing here. Where am I? I'm here. Pastor is talking about the exciting things about the gift of the Holy Spirit. I need that baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just open your mouth and allow God to fill you. Now, the problem is you may have sought the Lord for many years. Still, get the prophecy. He has come with the Holy Spirit. So, for a moment, just for a moment, in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, the Bible says, So they came to their own company, they reported all the elders in the chief priesthood. And the people together lifted their voice in one accord and said, Lord your God. All of them together, they, they lifted their voice. That's why we learn how to pray together. I'll ask you not to be shy, but if you just one way, ask the Lord to activate, to start that gift. You know, I ask you to just either lift your hand or just when you're standing, the way you're standing, ask the Lord to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Ask Him, and I'm going to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for choosing us here as your church. We thank you for the uniqueness that you have put each other was. That you are telling us to be mighty to be filled. Father, to appropriate all the resources of the Holy Spirit. Because of what you are doing in our midst and the healings that are happening and the baptism that are happening, you want to do great things. May you release your Holy Spirit and start the giftings right now. May you start the giftings. May you baptize with your Holy Spirit. May you come and just love your people once again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 